Hi there, I'm Baldwin Burgess and welcome to the BD Insider Podcast. I'm here to help you revolutionize the way you develop your business so you can win in an exponentially changing world. BD Insider provides you with a framework to think out of the box about your business and your career. And we do this by providing creative advisory service and transformative training programs. So make sure to visit our website, which is www.bd-insider.com. Another way to say it is bravodelta-insider.com and sign up for the Insider Letter so you can stand out in a crowded, noisy, and increasingly competitive world. All right, let's get started with today's podcast. Well, hello there. So what do you think of my new intro? Use some classical music for a change. I was kind of tired of all those typical commercial, uh, you know, the kind of sounds you hear on all the podcasts. Let me know what you think. Uh, connect with me on my website or send me an email if you have my address. But uh, anyway, we want to get into today's uh, episode. And today I want to speak about why B2B and B2C may be becoming obsolete. So today we can think quite differently about how we position our business. Uh, we can connect with anyone, anywhere, on an individual level. We've gone full circle to this place where direct human relationships replace mass marketing. And so the interesting thing about this is that the ancient dynamics of individual trust and reputation are again in full play. You know, that's what it used to be like. In, a, in an analog world, it was all about what's your reputation. And it was all, you know, individual connections that got you ahead in life. And I think we're there again, only this time around and looking forward, there are no borders. We live in a globalized world. So, and, you know, we've, we all know that the technology disrupts established hierarchies and traditional value chains. We've been seeing that all around us, not to name the typical examples of what's going on in, in public transport or in, in any industry you can imagine, you know, middlemen are being cut out and there's an increasingly direct connection. And it's even for myself, I, 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 I can publish books now without even speaking to an editor because I can, there's technology for it. I can put together a book, I can put it online, I can, I can, I can give it away, I can sell. The thing is, I can do this all by myself and I don't need to ask anyone's permission because these tools allow me to put it out to the world all by myself. And the same is true if I want to gain visibility with my business. And the same is true for you. I don't have to play by the rules of traditional advertising uh, because if I choose to put enough effort behind it and work smart, I can seek out my ideal audience and directly connect with them. And it's now possible because there's more than 3 billion people online uh, you know, which is going to grow to a number that's going to be more than double that in the next 10 years. So really, it's all about, uh, you know, and there's a lot of people to work with. So if you're looking for a specific type of profile or person, it's actually increasingly easy to find them. Um, you know, sometimes and increasingly this is happening. I mean, I used to run around for business. I used to, I used to have this, I have, I used to have more air miles that I could ever use because, you know, that's just how it worked. I had a, and I did that to the point of exhaustion where I just decided that I had to stop doing it. But um, right now, just before I hit the record button, 
I just agreed on another, you know, business relationship. We've never met each other. Nevertheless, they're going to let me work on getting their message right. And it's an investor pitch and how, how to craft not only the materials, but how to get that message right. The interesting thing is we've never met in person, but somehow we managed to connect. And this is now the daily routine. So I'm providing advisory services to people who never met me before. And even after we've done the work, we still haven't met. This is an interesting world we live in, and it's totally possible. And it's becoming the new normal. Uh, but a lot of businesses are still stuck uh, in that they, they just really wouldn't want to do business with someone unless they met them in person, even though all the technology is there to make that personal connection. So the thing is, today's relationships, they transcend geography and hierarchy. And it, it, it works on all levels. Even CEOs of large corporations or middle-sized corporations, they can now hear what their customers have to say. They can hear it directly. There's no filters or intermediaries. You have social media for that. You have other channels. Politicians, if they really ever care to listen, they can also hear what any citizen has to say. So if you have a voice about something, uh, the prime minister, the president of your country can actually hear you if you communicate it right and if he cares or she cares to listen. You know, this is extremely powerful stuff. And so the same is true for business. And it's not that long ago when there was no direct global real-time ongoing dialogue between business and their individual customers. The only way to reach an audience was to beam out a commercial message across two main channels. And those two main channels were, depending on the client, and I never used the word customer. Uh, and there's a reason for that because customer is someone who buys a commodity and client is etymologically speaking is, or is that the right word etymologically or, you know, the, by the definition, let's say the dictionary Webster definition, the client is someone who, who you take under your protection. So I always like to speak about clients, but so there's two main models here. And the first one, depending on your client is either business to consumer or business to business. So the B2C or the B2B. The thing is, I think it's changing. And let me, let me get into this. First, let's, let's revisit the topic of B2C, business to consumer. And I'd like to say that there's really no reason to shout anymore because that's really what it was. It was a big message that went out to a lot of people. So B2C is pretty much, in my opinion at least, a legacy framework. And it dates back to a time before we had today's hyperconnectivity. Because back then, businesses had little choice but to mass communicate with their customers. It was the only way to reach them. And although many businesses are starting to understand how to apply technology to build individual relationships with those clients, the vast majority of businesses are still stuck in that era of one-way advertising. I said the vast majority. There's, a, there's obviously a business doing an amazing job with applying new technologies. And if all businesses would be doing that, it would be even more confusing and even more loud as today. So there's still a lot of businesses that still need to come into this reality. And so there's a lot of businesses have seen the light, but um, the big light that still has to be seen by many, in my opinion, is to learn how to apply technology, to leverage the human connection. Um, you know, because what we're seeing is a lot of businesses have actually used technology um, to create a bigger distance between themselves and their clients. 
they see technology as a great excuse to avoid having to talk with their customers. So what comes to mind is think about all those annoying automated touch tone menus that, you know, to interact with inbound customer calls. I don't know about you, but I hate those. When a company does that to me, I don't like the company as much. And what about, this is the thing that drives me crazy, is those cold calling robots that actually try to pretend to be real humans. And this especially happens in the, I'm in Europe, so I especially get these from the UK because I have a past in the UK. So I'm on some list somewhere. And you just do a, if you do a, a quick and dirty Turing test, which is a test to see if they're robots or not, they will, um, anyway, the, the point is it's just horrible. And this is really not the way to interact with your customers. So I really wonder whatever goes on in the minds of people in those marketing departments. And don't they understand that how these robots work against building those meaningful relationships with their clients? Or what part of human psychology did they misunderstand to believe that humans may actually enjoy interacting with machines? It makes me wonder. And what about all those businesses that hide their telephone numbers and they do anything they can to get either their online visitors to visit their FAQ sections on their websites or you know you have to fill out some sort of a form and you know it makes me wonder can they not see that opening a connection with their customers to speak with them is a privilege uh, you know it could be the opportunity to make a sale or get feedback about their products or services because it's very simple a relationship starts with a two-way conversation that's a relationship that's where it starts it's very important there's this old saying about people do business with people they like and trust. So why are so many supposedly intelligent people spending so much money to build systems to stifle those precious personal interactions? It makes me wonder. And then you also have those who actually do care to have a conversation with their clients, but then they often outsource this delicate task. They hand their clients over to people in, in these call centers with limited skills who in these noisy sweaty call centers with poor telephone connections they delegate their brand reputation to random operators who really don't care at the least about the business they represent because you know they're there to make a minimum wage why would they care it's not a very smart move either so in my native industry i come from the asset management industry there's this new drive to encourage their clients to interact with robotic robotic advisors so so basically they they um the way i think it works is like this because of what i've been hearing is that they think that to make financial services more appealing to young adults they think if they put them in touch with robots that's going to be it's going to be better and it makes me wonder if they've actually spoken to a real sample of these young adults recently because they should, because like, just like anybody else, and this is the group called Millennials, they love human connections. And thankfully, I think they've started to realize this. There's a reality check in play that comes as a result of that yuck factor as these strategies are achieving the opposite of what they were really built for. It turns out that those Millennials love personal connections uh, and they love to use technology to do more of it. So the reason why those teenagers and 20-something-year-olds can't let go of their phone. It's not because of the phone. It's because that phone is a gateway to have more personal connections. So 
I strongly believe that the vast majority of businesses are still missing out to use today's connectivity and technology to build the personalized relationships they couldn't have ever built before. Okay. You can now build a personal relationship with your ideal client on the other side of the world, which is amazing. And because we all like to talk and obsess about customer loyalty, the thing is that now we finally have the technology to do that. Because if you use it correctly, it will help us build a lasting allegiance with our best customers. So in many ways, the legacy B2C thinking is causing companies to miss out on leveraging the capabilities of today's technology to create really important, scalable human experiences with their customers, right? So that's what I see. So the B2C is not, most businesses are not taking advantage of the technology we have. They're still thinking in the advertising era. What about B2B, the business to business? Um, well, that's actually also changing. And um, I like to say that, you know, by the way, there are real humans in those suits. So. In contrast to B2C, B2B has always been more focused on individual relationships. And so these interactions are also more bespoke and personalized because these are usually, you know, big deals. They're sophisticated. Uh, they very often serve bespoke needs. Uh, but there's also more of a formal and often even an impersonal institutional flavor about them, right? So usually B2C business development is this insider's game where professionalism is often confused with complexity. Uh, and I think that's another place where a lot of work needs to be done because this is an environment where jargon often clouds clarity. But in my work, I'm always amazed to see that messages can be easily, exp that, right, let me put it this way. What I see around me in my work is that so many messages can be very easily explained, but they get uh, lost in these over-engineered messages. And I think that in a competitive B2B industry, a lot of companies have confused looking and sounding more sophisticated than their competitors actually with resonating with their customers. So often when I hear people presenting and pitching um, at events or individually, I sometimes have the feeling like they're trying to impress their peers rather than their customers. And that is often the case in the work that I do is I, I help people like really simplify their message so anybody can understand it. Because guess what? Your gatekeeper has to convince other people as well that you're the right solution. And if you make that easy for them, there's going to be a whole lot more convincing going on. Obviously, I can't generalize. That would be wrong. Uh, but because there's so much emphasis placed on reputation and trust, you know, what I think is, and if you think about trust, where does trust come from? Trust is an emotion. So, and little effort is done to create the kind of emotional connections that can fast track the creation of trust. Because after all, B2B buyers, they are humans. They buy from people they like and trust. And I know this to be true, my firsthand experience in the investment industry, because no matter how formal a procurement process was made to look, it never went anywhere when that special personal chemistry between those people was missing. So no matter how much you want to rationalize the process, there is always a very big emotional component there. So, and also B2B uh, transactions, they tend to have these long, exhausting, high-touch sales cycles. And what that means is that 
there's also a clear opportunity to apply simple technology to supply a consistent stream of guidance and education to the business development process. So, okay, we speak a lot about content, but it's really useless unless your content serves a clear purpose. And the opportunity with this technology that we have, a simple technology that anyone can use. I mean, for example, this is one firm market leader called MailChimp, and you know why they call it MailChimp? Why they, I think they put the, the name Chimp in there because it's so easy that even a monkey can use it. So what you can do is you can, you can merge your follow-up with an educational process. This is huge because that's how you build trust. If you provide value to somebody and help them do their job better, uh, then you achieve um, the status of a guide or a mentor. And that also holds an emotion of trust. Okay, so by becoming a regular supplier of relevant knowledge, we can earn the status of a mentor in someone's mind. And this is a big privilege, and it's up for grabs. You know why it's a privilege? Because people have a special kind of respect and affection for those who they regard as their mentors. And then finally, the B2B process is usually about convincing stakeholders. I touched upon this before, but if you have, if you can. Get the stakeholders to support your gatekeeper's buy, drive. So, okay, that came out wrong. Let me do this again. So the thing is, so you're going to be dealing with a person or some people who are going to be evaluating you. They're the gatekeeper, but they have a lot more people that they need to convince. So your success will also depend on your ability to make others listen and pay attention to your proposition. So if you give your gatekeeper or keepers a uh, materials and, and insights that they can easily share with stakeholders, it's going to make both of your jobs much easier. So, and it's also a way to sort of like insert a personal, a personal human relationship with the entire decision-making chain. One of the reasons why I like to use video so much is because uh, when it gets shared with other people in the decision-making process, they somehow, without realizing it, build a sort of a relationship with me. When I show up, I'm not going to be that, that stranger. They're going to have listened and seen me before. I do that deliberately. That's, 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 again, one of those amazing powers of today's technology. You can easily create videos that can help you sell when you're not even there. I find that. I still find that fascinating. I still find that unbelievable that so few people are using this. You can also use the audio version. That's when you become the voice in someone's head. That's what I'm doing right now, I guess. All right. So in other words, you know, adopting technology in the right way in the B2B process is going to allow you to reassemble all the moving pieces into this one single mechanism that's going to help you earn more business in an honest and genuine way. And it's going to take you only a fraction of the effort it used to take not that long ago. So instead of running around the world, um, you know, being inefficient, um, keeping everybody else busy as well yourself. You can use this technology to actually scale this. You, you can effectively learn how to use this technology to make human connections without even ever leaving your office. Example, I just decided that I just don't travel. And if I travel, you know, those special conditions apply. And I'm not doing that because I'm arrogant, because I can perfectly do whatever I want to do and make it also easier for my client by using this technology to do so. And of course, we eventually meet face-to-face, -face, 
But there's people I work with and I have worked with who I've never met in person. I've actually started up a company recently, which has now become a wonderful company. Uh, and I never even, I, I didn't meet one of the founders until a year later. So this is, this is how crazy this can get. So I mean, I want you to come away from this podcast today and, and think about how you can use technology and all its possibilities to um, create those relationships of trust in an increasingly virtual world. And the world is becoming more virtual. It's happening very fast. And the great news is that the technology is extremely easy to use. Really. It's, and it's becoming more easy. All right. So I guess it's, um, I guess B2B and B2C need to be upgraded because business is more personal than ever before. It's time to embrace a concept that I call business to human. Oh, before I go, if this makes any sense to you, go onto my website, which is uh, bd-insider.com. And on the front page, you'll see that you can pick up a book, a free ebook. It's called B2H. The subtitle is A New Framework to Thrive in a Hyperconnected World. Pick up a copy of that. It's free. It's, um, it's kind of an interesting experiment that I'm doing. I'm actually writing this book live. So anyway, pick it up, give it a read. It's, it's not a long book, it's quite short. And I hope it resonates more with you. Thank you very much and until soon. So that was it for today. I hope you found it interesting and that it gave you some new ideas. There's much more where that came from on the bdinsider.com website. And again, that is bravodelta-insider.com website. So make sure to check that out. And if you appreciate this podcast and its insights, I'd like to ask you for a small favor that makes a huge difference. Could you go on to iTunes or any other place where you get your podcasts and provide us with a fair rating? You may have done so already, and you may be tired of hearing about it. And if that's the case, thank you so much for having rated us. But if you haven't, it's probably one of the most helpful things you can do because I'm trying to get this podcast in front of the right people. You know what? Ratings really help with that. So a big thank you in advance for that. I'm very grateful that you took the time to listen, and I'll be back very soon. Thanks and take care.